As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union, and you can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all through one convenient place. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash car buying. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. My name is Andrew, hanging out with Marcus and Melanie today. How are you guys? Blessed and unstoppable. We're good. Nice. Hey, we've got a great guest in store today, but before we get to that, we've got a Patreon question of the day. Patreon question of the day is, what is your favorite meal that mama makes? Mama Holly? Mama Holly. Or anybody's mama. Okay. What's my favorite meal my mother makes? Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, such a tough... Oh, it's going to be prime rib. Prime rib for Christmas. We only get to have it one time a day. It's so good. Or one time a year. It's so good. And we get all the fixings with it. So it's a meal. It's like the macaroni and cheese and everything you would ever like in, alas, a meal. So that uh, recipe is actually in Steve Ducey's cookbook. That's right. Um, yeah, we made the book. Yeah, she, uh, she made the book. So in, it was... Um, like one of the top recipes. It was the number one recipe in, in America, right? Yeah, on, over Christmas. Over Christmas. Yeah. What's up, Mom? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> How about you, Jerry? Well, uh, being brought up in, a, in an Irish house, uh, I have to say corned beef and cabbage. Uh, you know, that's a, a staple. Uh, I was the oldest of four, and I must have peeled a thousand. No, no, let me back back. A million potatoes <laughs> growing up because it was always Gerald, peel the potatoes, and I'd say to Nana Callahan, all right, Nan, and uh, boy, I tell you, uh, but I, I love potatoes, you know, being that's part of my, you know, but uh, corned beef and cabbage, if I see that on the menu, uh, in fact, uh, my lady, Chris, she makes it, uh, we usually have it here once a year, of course, on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Uh, after I march in the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade here in Naples. 
So we usually have a house full of people and we have a corned beef and cabbage. Nice. Mm. There's so many good meals. It's like hard to like pick one. Well, you got it. That was the question. <laughs> I, I mean, my favorite family meal would be my grandpa's gumbo. That's good. Mm. We're from Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. So oh, my, boy. my great and my I still have my grandpa. So every time we see him, he makes his. I've had it. It's good. Gumbo. That's my thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, you can't go wrong with chicken and dumplings. That's a, I think that's a staple ah, that's right. for us. You know, my mother makes good chicken I dumplings too. I do not man. like chicken and dumplings. What? I don't. It's slimy to me. <laughs> I don't like it. But we'll they eat craw- uh, yeah. <laughs> I eat crawfish. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, thank you so much I'm for sure asking that question. That <laughs> yeah. yeah, good question. Yeah, great question. Join us at patreon.com slash teamneverquit where you can actually access some exclusive content. You get to uh, ask your questions to our guests. There's some sweet swag, a challenge coin. If you want to join that community, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamneverquit. we got a great guest in store today. Gerald Jerry Sanford is a retired FDNY firefighter who found a second career at North Naples Fire and Rescue in Naples, Florida. Jerry authored the book. It started with the helmet, detailing his adventure, returning a circa 1914 antique FDNY helmet found in Naples to Ladder 42 in the Bronx the day before 9-11. He returned to service as a volunteer after the attacks on the World Trade Center. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you guys and to meet you. Thank you again. That's that's an amazing story. The, the I, I can't wait to hear it. I mean, your, your whole life out there up, up until the point to where we're sitting right now is, is amazing. But sometimes... I think in my the the greatest stories there's the there's the big story the overall 9/11 when we got hit but those little detailed stories that go along from each yeah. from house to house and person to person man those are amazing just yeah. they tell so many stories so I, I I'm I'm really looking forward to this well we uh, you know I I spent almost 30 years in the New York City Fire Department I was blessed to, uh, before that I was three years I was a, a New York City police officer. So that's a regular thing with y'all, right? I just want to bring that up. Because I have, when I came up to start living with y'all, after some of my buddies fell, I would stay in the firehouses. And then and we would go out. And then they would run and we would run to the police. And they'd be brothers and cousins. But then you, they used to be firefighters. They switch all the time. That's a regular yeah. thing. That's not a thing down here. That's unique yeah. to up there. <laughs> yeah, it's um, mostly... Uh, Marcus, uh, 95% of, fi- of uh, police officers switch over to the fire department. It's not the other way back. You yeah. know? It's, a, it's a different job being a cop, you know? Sure. And I guess I, guess I was never um, meant to be a cop. The reason I was a police officer was uh, in New York City, you take tests and you get on a list. So I took the police test. You put on the civil service uh, list, the same thing with the fire department. And the police called me first back in 1965. <clears throat> and I was old. Uh, I was 27 years old when I became a police officer. And mostly kids or young people get on uh, the, uh, at 21 or 22. I was 27. I, had, I was married. I had a son. And I had just bought a house. And I was one of the uh, oldest um, rookies in the police academy. And uh, uh, I... Here I went from a all-white Catholic Staten Island, New York, to an all-Jewish Puerto Rican precinct in Manhattan. Now, you talk about culture shock. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand the food. You know, uh, it was, uh, but it taught me uh, 
that was back in the 60s. And uh, there were rough times back then. You know, the, 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 the society was changing. And uh, it also taught me uh, negative things about how we treat each other. And I saw a lot of crap that I really was not part of Jerry. And uh, I couldn't wait to leave the police department. And I, find, and I was called in 1968. And I switched over and went from a cop to a firefighter. And uh, it was like night and day. Uh, you know, we both have down jobs. You know, there's not, there's, uh, but the police department, you know, it's, uh, you go on a family dispute. The wife's going to love you. The husband's going to hate you. Or the opposite, right. you know, of that. Who likes to get locked up? Who, who likes to get a summons? <clears throat> you know, uh, with the fire department, uh, it had a whole different thing. You know, um, I love going to work. Uh, a probationary school was rough. It was hot. It was uh, June and July and August in New York City, and it was brutal. But uh, I'm so happy that I switched over to the fire department and spent almost 30 years. Wait, so and, you were uh, upset because it was hot, and then you became a fireman? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You go, and I just wonder if I heard that of, right. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Everybody's <laughs> running out of the building, and I, my stupid ass, I'm running into the building, you know? But it was... Uh, a great changeover, and uh, I, I've never looked back uh, in in the decision that I made. But just a funny story about when we get when we handed out our assignments. Uh, I I look up on the board and I see ladder twenty three. So I'm I'm kind of naive. I don't know too much. I said, "Oh, that's not bad. I'm going to be in firehouse on twenty third Street in Manhattan." So that we're asking, oh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? So when the instructor found out, <clears throat> I thought that I was going to ladder 23 on 23rd Street. He started laughing. He said, hey, kid, you're going to Harlem, 139th Street and Amsterdam Avenue. So I was like, and of course, everybody broke my you know what because I yeah. was, I thought I was going to Manhattan. But uh, I passed a lot of firehouses from Staten Island <laughs> to Harlem. That's a long you know, way. <laughs> you know, it was, um, it was quite a quite a, uh, a trip, but anyway, that's that was my start in uh, in the fire service in 1968. That's awesome. So, how long when as you go through the as you're you went through it back then in the 60s? You made reference you were a police officer, and the times were different. We're kind of in some times right now, a transition again, right? Yes. The similarities are, are they they are they how are they different? Well, they're really not. Uh, they ch it changed back then. Uh, I tell you, uh, and when I got there in 68 in Harlem, a, a firehouse was like a, a beacon, a haven. The doors went up. You went out on a run. You left your shoes right on the, right on the floor. Nobody, nobody came in and stole anything or anything. It was, you needed a Band-Aid. You had to be, you know, you were injured. You needed air in your tires, something. Somebody was chasing you. Uh, and that was, we, we really took care of the community then. But then we heard they were starting to uh, take things from the firehouse. And that's when, and back in those days, none of the fire engines were covered. They were all open. And then we'd hear about different stuff being thrown at us, thrown at the firefighters, shoes taken. So society was changing back in the, in the 60s and 70s. And... Uh, but it, it got better. And it's, uh, you know, I, we just got back from New York 
just Friday. We were up there last week uh, to, to talk about the book. And uh, I can't believe how different New York City is now. Uh, we the last time we were up there, I guess, was before the COVID. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's just so quiet. Uh, it, I, I didn't feel unsafe. I don't mean to sound that way. But it's just restaurants are closed. Uh, stores are closed, businesses are closed. This is right now. Oh. And uh, no traffic. You know, back in the day, there would be 40 people opposite you trying to cross the street, and there was 40 people standing with you. And when the light turned green, everybody rushed across to get across the avenue. Yeah. Now, you might have six or seven people, and you just walk across the street. The biggest fear we had was by people on bicycles. I mean, it's crazy. You know, I just never saw my city uh, like that. And that we just got back. Yeah, and, well, uh, it's like they, it has the flu, right? Every, 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 you know, the whole um, city has the flu. That's why it's on lockdown you know, kind of deal. The, 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 the COVID and then uh, the crime. I saw police officers last week in the financial district, and two of them had BARs. There was about eight of them standing there. They had on bulletproof vests, and they were armed. I walked up to them. I said, hey, what did I miss? Did I miss something? And they're looking at me like I'm nuts. I said, uh, what are you doing all geared up? I said, I was a cop before you were born. I said, what's going on? They said, oh, this is normal for us now. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. In, in, in my city. I'm like, are you kidding? They said, no. I said, what happened to my city? And it was at seven of them. They all looked down. Not one of them would look at me. I just said, oh, my goodness. Is, is my city coming back? And again, they just shook their heads. I mean, so I don't mean to go off on a political rant. Don't, don't get me wrong. No, no, it's fine. But I, we were just so taken back at the difference in, in two or three years what has happened to New York City. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Yeah, we'll get it back. They'll come back stronger. We always do. Let's get into the book how you, and how this all started. Okay, well, uh, about six years ago, uh, I met my lady, Chris, and unbeknownst to me, she started uh, recording my stories on her cell phone. 
we travel Chicago and New York, of course, and New York. I, we go up every year. I'm in the uh, I'm in the 9/11 medical monitoring program because of the cancer that I had. So we go up every year, and I tell her these stories. So finally, this past January, she said to me, uh, "If you can be quiet for a little while, because I'm kind of a loud guy. I'm from New York, you know." And she said, "I want to I want to concentrate and finish something." Well. She put together 12,000 words, Marcus, and she wrote this book. And it, it started with a helmet. When I retired uh, in 1997 from the fire department in New York, <clears throat> I came down here three years later. And then in May of 2000, I got a job. And uh, the chief hired me. And he said to me a couple of weeks after hiring me, you know, we have a New York City fire helmet here in Naples. I said, wait a minute, how'd you get a fire helmet here in Naples? He said, a man walked into the fire station one day. He said it was his father's and he didn't want it anymore, which I thought was a little strange, but, and he gave it to us. And we have it up on the, uh, hanging on the wall over at the ladder 44. So we drive over and we, I walk in Marcus and I look up on the wall and there's an old black leather fire helmet and it has on the front piece, it has 4-2 in red. I knew immediately that that was, came from the 42 truck in the South Bronx. In fact, it was where my former boss, the fire commissioner, that was his first firehouse. So I'm shocked. I'm like, how the hell did this have, how did this helmet wind up in Naples, Florida? So he said, do you think they'd want it back? I said, of course they want it back. So I called fire headquarters and I, I immediately got abused by the fire commissioner. Like who would fire, who would hire you? We just got rid of you, you piece of shit. After 30 years, why would we want, why would somebody take a chance and blah, blah, blah. So after we got the ribbing over with, he said to me, you know, the firehouse is being renovated now. It's not going to be finished until next year, which was 2001. So I had to talk to the press office all through that time. And about July, Frank Ribbon calls me and said, <clears throat> you better make your travel arrangements. The firehouse is going to be completed and it's going to be uh, rededicated on uh, Monday, September 10th, 2001. So 2000, September 10th, 2001, what did that mean to anybody? What did it mean? It didn't mean anything. So on September 8th, we flew up to New York. I found the man who gave us the helmet. George Kuntz Jr. and uh, two chiefs, and we flew to New York City. So they wanted to go to the firehouses where I had worked. So I took them to Ladder 23 in Harlem, Ladder 131 in Brooklyn in Red Hook, I took them to Brooklyn Fire Communications, and we went all over the city. But we didn't go to the World Trade Center. There was no reason, no draw that I felt. So the morning of September 10th, we wind up in the South Bronx at the firehouse. And there are hundreds and hundreds of firefighters there for the rededication to cut the ribbon. I get reunited again with Mayor Giuliani, who I had worked with uh, for years. Father Judge, who was one of our Catholic chaplains, they had an altar built and he was going to say mass. Anyway, uh, as it turned out, uh, that was the last mass that Father Judge said because he was killed the next day, some 20 hours later along with about seven or eight of my other friends and fellow 
firefighters. Uh, looking back at it now, uh, it was just, uh, you know, how, how could that have happened? So after the, uh, after the uh, presentation, we went, to, we went uh, back to LaGuardia Airport and uh, we checked in our luggage and we were supposed to fly back that night of September 10th back to Naples. But a storm hit New York City that nobody remembers, but I do. They, it closed all three New York City airports, LaGuardia, JFK, and Newark. Yeah, that's, so a, that's got, got a precursor, right? Pardon me? That's how you knew something was coming in. <laughs> oh, boy. So the next morning, we went to my daughter's in uh, Riverdale. We got back to the airport at uh, 5.30 in the morning. And at 6.30, we flew out two hours before the attacks from LaGuardia Airport. It was a beautiful blue sky. And I thought about this years later. You know, I could have been on one of those hijacked planes. You know, I mean, it just was one of those. Uh, they, uh, it didn't happen. But anyway. So now we're changing planes in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And uh, I get called to a television set and uh, they're screaming my name. And uh, I go down and that's when I look up and I see that uh, a plane had, run, had crashed into one of the towers. I walk back to the gate and the captain's standing outside. That's when everybody, the, the crew used to stand outside the planes. and. Uh, we got on the plane, 10 minutes later, the plane, we backed out, back back in, the pilot threw us all off the plane and uh, it was pandemonium in uh, Pittsburgh airport, people running around screaming. So then we, uh, we all got online, we rented a car eventually, but we had no idea that a second plane had hit the second tower. We didn't know anything about Shanksville or the Pentagon because we were just, we were just listening uh, to the radio. And uh, in the car, we heard that the towers had collapsed and we stopped at a rest area and we went rushing in. And that was the first time I saw that terrible cloud that was drifting across uh, from New York. So that kind of uh, sums it all up, uh, what the book is about. There's a little bit more in it, but... Uh, that's kind of what happened to me around 9-11. Um, I, I went back about, uh, about a week later and I helped and stayed up there till almost the end of October. You helped with the rescue? Uh, actually, I went back into the press office. Uh, my last nine years in the fire department, I was uh, in the press office and I retired as the press secretary to the fire commissioner. So, uh, I, went, I would have went down to the pile and helped dig with my brothers looking for survivors, but I felt I, was, I could help the job better by doing what I knew best, and that was talking to the media. And uh, all of that, all of the major news shows that you saw on TV, uh, I was behind the scenes arranging for all the speakers and uh, Talk about what that's like. I mean, because the chaos on the ground when everything's coming down—that's that's one thing. It is, when we're, especially when we're watching it unfold. But then there's the, there's also the chaos inside everyone's minds. What what's happening? What do we do? Somebody tell us something. Because a lot of times you see the, the 
that when pandemonium's happening, people are trying. If everyone's putting out a different word, it, may, it creates more chaos. Talk about how that was going down. How you guys navigated that? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Well, it was, uh, it was very difficult. You know, everybody, especially the media, they wanted to go in uh, into a firehouse and talk to a fireman or a widow or someone. And we, uh, I could go in there and, and grieve and cry with the firefighters because that was my job. But uh, we had a hard time with that. It was a very difficult, plus, plus we lost uh, 343 firefighters and they were from all ranks, firemen, lieutenant captains all the way up. And it was very hard to replace all those men. You know, uh, with all those years of experience uh, gone, uh, but, but at, uh, to, uh, what Mel had asked about uh, uh, how did how did we how did we uh, how did we deal with that? Uh, it was just a we just did it, you know. It was a tough time to fill those voids, and uh, uh, towards towards the end, I uh, I went to the fire commissioner and I said to him uh, towards the end of October, I said, Tommy, I'm done. I I'm I'm burnt out. Uh, I can't do this anymore. I can't go to any more funerals. I can't go to any more wakes. Uh, you know, the, uh, as, as Mel mentioned, uh, looking for survivors. Unfortunately, uh, we were looking for survivors, I guess, the first 10, 12 days. But then after that, it got to be a recovery uh, operation where we were just looking for parts of bodies, bodies and uh that was that was the most difficult part, uh, and then you had fathers of missing sons combing the pile, uh, you know, looking for their looking for their kids, you know. Yeah. And uh, I ran into many many of my fellow brothers that I knew their kids were missing, and to this day, some of them uh, still have not been found, and that's twenty years. So to explain it. Uh, to people who aren't familiar, when the towers came down, there's, it also cavitated a hole, right? Because New York City, a lot of it's underground. So it actually yeah. sunk down in. So what you saw on top 
was just like the remnant of a pile. Most of it was under 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 the city and on fire, right? It was, it was like a molten. Like yes, a... yes, yes, Mark. That that burned. Oh my gosh, I don't know months and months for a while, yeah, a long time, uh, right? Like a lake of fire down there. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of fire, which which was fueled by the jet fuel from the planes, and that just added to the uh, you know to the, to the fire. I got a, I got a question. So jet fuel fuel is it, it burns, right? But it it doesn't. JPA doesn't doesn't catch fire, or um, am I saying that right? And that's designed for a reason. It does burn hot, but it doesn't. It's designed to not catch fire instantly, right? Correct. Yes. So the but when it when it does, it burns for a long time. And down underneath the catacombs in the old city, all those ruins. I mean, it was just like a kindling for a perfect fire, right? Yes, it was. It, it took I don't know how many millions of gallons of water. To extinguish the fires, and uh, it just went on and on. And uh, unfortunately, the government officials said that uh, the question was asked: Do we need a mask or something down there? And they said, "I'm not even going to mention the names of these officials." Uh, oh yeah, it's fine. So of course, uh, we all went in there. I took news crew in there almost every day, and. Uh, Nobody put a mat. Nobody put any protective uh, breathing anything on, you know. And uh, lo and behold, seven uh, six years later, uh, I get uh, I don't want to get into it at any length. I get di- diagnosed with the lung cancer. Uh, among amongst, I'm one of the many many uh, first responders that have uh, been inflicted with lung cancer. And different cancers. Oh yeah, and we're, still... we're, yeah. It's a, it's a widely known a, thing. Wasn't there a trial about that? I was about to say they're taking care of y'all, right? That should that's being taken care of. Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again, Marcus. Well, no, we, we, as Americans, we're very familiar with that. You guys got sick up there because you're going in yeah. and, and doing that. They're taking care of y'all, right? Yes, they are. Okay, yes, good. they are. Uh, but unfortunately, in fact, uh, in three weeks is, is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yes, sir. And uh, I emcee a uh, remembrance ceremony every year. And this year is the first year that we're going to be reading all the names of the first responders that were killed on 9-11 and all the first responders that have died since 9-11. And uh, the total as of the other day was like 920. If you add them all up, including the ones on 9-11, it comes to about 920 people that have succumbed to the illnesses. Uh, well, the, the, the guys that were killed that day, and then uh, the uh, people that have passed right. away since. Wow, it's so sad. I've been to the 9/11 Museum in New York City uh, many times. That's Almost... our favorite place to go. I mean, we have we try yeah. to make a trip every, especially right before Christmas, to get in the Christmas spirit. Well, we watch you guys light that tree up. Well, we so when, got, y'all, when y'all caught, when we all everyone caught the flu and sh- and everyone shut down, yeah, we're we're kind of man, we're praying for y'all. But every time we go up to New York City, we we stop and spend some time at the nine eleven museum oh, yeah. just to reflect because it's, I mean, even yes. in Marcus's life, that was, I mean, a huge. So I used to stay at the firehouses when I my publishing wow. house and and my the. Is up there. The first time I ever went to New York, this is a great story. I, I got to dress up. I was in my Navy uniform, I, not my Cracker Jack. I was in my blues and went up there and got to go to see uh, New York City firsthand from all the publishing houses and, and travel around to um, 
They try to put me up in these expensive hotels, but I just go stay at the firehouses. I literally walk was, in and knock on it. It was <laughs> Engine 53, yeah, yeah. Ladder 43. Right, right. That's, I think it's in Harlem. That was oh, in the cool. right, oh, yeah, 103rd. Right, right there, the, it started oh, yeah. with them, but then I started working. 5343, sure. Right? So um, Michael Murphy, that was on the mission with Marcus, uh, Medal of Honor recipient, he uh, had a friend that had worked at that fire department, right? Yeah, that cousins. Gave, yeah, that cousins. gave him that patch. And so when Michael Murphy was killed, he was wearing... We all were. ...the firehouse patch. Yep. And when, um, when Marcus got back, he went and stayed at that firehouse. And I've been since... We even brought our kids there one time. Oh, yeah. That was... I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It is completely different than the life that I grew up in and that I know down here, but that's, we always, I was always taught, Hey, if you're from the country, you better have a city friend and vice versa. Cause where <laughs> I, that's where I learned that the police officers, the firefighters switch. Cause there's a set of twins up there that I buddy around with and they, and they, they kind of introduced us to that world. And if you want to see that city, then you need to become uh, friends with the people who protect it. Cause they know it better there than anybody. Go. I mean, it was, a, it's an absolute, joy to come up there and hang out with y'all the best time yeah. we ever had yeah. in new york city uh we even had marcus's mom and my grandma with us but everybody up there we had a big group and some of the police officers took us around new york city and showed us time the, of our life the city from their perspective you, you, you can't have a better party you can't throw a better party <laughs> uh, uh, pay for a place to go eat at better yeah, than the, what they'll show you. The firehouse is the best. That, hands down. I don't care who you are, how much money you got, if you're, you're king somewhere. If you don't roll like that, <laughs> then you've never seen that city. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. That's right. That's right. We were... We were just up last week promoting the book. And uh, well, actually, we went up there. We went back to 42 where the helmet is. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been 20 years, Marcus, since I gave them the helmet back. Yes, sir. And uh, about three weeks ago, Chris said to me, hey, why don't we go to 42? I said, yeah, why don't we go to 42? So I make a phone call, and the, the house watchman, he answers the phone, and uh, his name is Scooter Rizzuto. Now, if you know That's the US, fantastic. You know, <laughs> the, the New, York, New York Yankees, who I hated all my life, incidentally. Uh, anyway, that's hilarious. I said, What's your name? He says, Scooter, Scooter Rizzuto. I said, Are you kidding? 
are you kidding? Anyway, we, we instantly, as you know, Marcus, we, we connected. Right. Fireman to fireman. Right. Didn't matter. I said, hey, Scooter, uh, you know that helmet that you have in that kitchen? He says, yeah. I said, well, I brought it back 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Anyway, so we just went up. And we went to Ladder 42, Engine 73, this past Wednesday, last Wednesday. And uh, we were welcomed in like, like, like we were the king and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, retired men that I hadn't seen in years came back. We had about 25 to 30 people for lunch. They had to bring in extra tables and yeah, chairs and everything. And uh, we, uh, we really had a great reunion. Uh, with the brothers up there. And uh, in fact, uh, CBS TV uh, reporter uh, came up and she did a great interview uh, with me about the, about the whole story, about the helmet. And uh, it was great being back, uh, of course, being back in the city, being back in a firehouse, you know, it was just uh, incredible. Then we, then we stopped at uh, uh, Ladder 131 in Brooklyn, where I had spent many years and I called them and we went down there and again we were greeted warmly uh talking about the old days and uh I was there in the 70s I said I was here before you guys were born <laughs> you know that was a long it was a long time ago but uh we had some we had a great time up in New York and uh um we're looking forward to going back up again it was just kind of a uh we did a whole bunch of stuff with the book and uh so that's where we are. So we're back now in Naples and uh, uh, looking forward to 9-11, uh, not looking forward to it. That's really not the words, but you know where I'm from. Sure, yes, I'm sir, coming. absolutely, 100%. You know, we're having, a, we're having a beautiful remembrance down here inside the, in the gymnasium of Naples High School because uh, outside it's going to be 120 degrees down here. Yeah, but you're in Florida. Really put you're a in... lot of people in, uh, in, a, in a Freedom Park. I built a... Just a sidebar, uh, I helped build a Freedom Memorial here in Naples. Uh, I raised uh, $2 million. It took uh, almost uh, 20 years to build it. And uh, it's, it's here. It's one of the most beautiful memorials in the country. So, uh, and it's, but it's on a very small piece of property. So we couldn't, we couldn't put a whole lot of people there and uh, have this memorial. But anyway, that's where... Uh, that's where we're up doing now, Marcus. I'm very happy to be uh I always, I always think about the anytime we go, I was just recently in a firehouse and visiting. And and it's if an amazing thing would be to have a captain's log that had literally every story that came in from the firehouse you could get on like a we a, a secure side and just read that yeah. whole after action report of the guys telling the stories because it is the job, but it's also the type of guy that goes into it. And when yeah. I talked to him, I was like, hey, look, we're, we're the same. We, we From the same cloth, like the fire. The enemy, we fight, man, we're in our uniform, but, you know, we can look at it and talk to it. Y'all can't do that. Y'all are armed up with the most powerful weapon we have down here, water. It's your sword, right? right? You run into that freaking, most everybody else is hauling ass the other way. And <laughs> But it, the funniest stories come out of when a firefighter gets his ass caught on fire, man, and goes in there to do that. And the 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 camaraderie and the teamwork that goes into dealing with something like that creates the most, is it a hostile environment? Sure. But it is still loving and there is, there is a posture in it, right? There is an outline that keeps us, yeah. keeps y'all alive and keeps y'all moving. And, and that in itself produces a life that, that man, we just glad y'all exist. Truthfully. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I have a funny story, Marcus. I, I like to tell everyone. When I was a probie up until out of 23, uh, after lunch one day, you know, we're in the kitchen and the, you know, the bravado, oh, I can take more smoke than you. Oh yeah, yeah, I can take more smoke. So two guys, I think it was Quigley and uh, Bill Dumas, two big giant men, uh, truckies. And uh, so they got a pail, they got some paper and a couple of rags and they set the pail on fire. So uh, outside on the apparatus floor was this little room and all I had in was a toilet, a toilet, a bowl. That was it. <laughs> so it, it was so small. You're lucky you got in it. Right. But these two gorillas get in it and uh, with the pail and this thing is smoking like crazy. So they close the door and somebody grabs a nail and a hammer and we <laughs> nail the door closed. <laughs> And the smoke, the smoke market, I'm laughing now. I'm there. That's they're awesome. Coming out of the eaves, under the door, around the thing. And now they're banging on the door, you know? So we, I don't know how long we left them in there, but we pulled out the nail and they come falling out. These two huge men are now on the ground, rolling around. You know, they're, they're trying to get their next breath. So now when they, we, now we disappear. We were out of there because they're going to kick the shit out of us. <laughs> I mean, they're going to just nail us. So that was a, a, a very funny story that uh, I kind of pass on. That happened a long, uh, a long time ago. But that's that's the brotherhood. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those kind of stories that that, that yeah, happened, man. That those are priceless. That's, that's mild compared some of the some of the things we we. I don't, I don't know if you could do it now. Okay, I'm talking about in in the war years back when we. You know, we thought nothing of it. I mean, we had a lot of, we went to a lot of fires, uh, a lot of fires with convoys when we had uh, looting and blackouts and rioting and all. And uh, they, they were dangerous times. They really were. And uh, I, I, I don't think these, our cities will ever get back to that again. I hope and pray they don't, you know? So, uh, but oh, We'll get better. We learn. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's like taking a a trip down that that old the memory lane. Also brings back a lot of that stuff. But it's uh, 
we always learn from it. So with 9-11 coming up and it being the 20-year anniversary in Afghanistan and the way that it is right now um, with the Taliban being in control again, what do you, what are your feelings on the just the state of America right now and with the anniversary coming up? Well, you know, it's in, in three short weeks, everything has kind of changed, you know, with the with the Taliban moving in as quickly as they did. And it was like we were sitting there with our sitting on our hands, like, what the hell is going on here? You know, you know, what's what happened to our leadership? How, how did they how did they come into a country that I thought that we had uh, great allies with the Afghan army? Mm-hmm. And uh, how did how did the situation deteriorate, deteriorate, excuse me, so quickly? Where now uh we're, 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 we're flying planes in and out trying just to get our, our Americans out, the Americans out, and the people that helped us all those years, all those Afghans. Now, to answer your question, uh, Meg, uh, I'm a little, uh, that's like letting a, letting a fox, ba- fox back into the hen house again, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we, have to, we have to get back to uh, where we were. Uh, you know, on the day after, uh, on September 12, 2001, you know, all the United States, we were one neighborhood. I remember we that. All, we, we I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. We were all New Yorkers, all the way down. You know, I was in Florida when that happened. And I remember swelling up. I was like, oh, you could feel like an energy going around when that happened. Uh, you couldn't buy a flag. You couldn't find a flag. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all, I remember this distinctly, and I, uh, when we were uh, we were one one neighborhood, everybody was together. And when I would go to the to to the pile, I hated that word pile or the pit. When we, when I would go there and take the news crew along uh, West Street, uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of people, Americans, standing there shouting USA USA. And thank you with signs. And there were strangers, and but I but but we were together. Mm-hmm. I was a first responder taking the, these film crews into the site, and I'll never forget that. I could go there, Marcus, at two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Didn't matter. Didn't matter the weather down there. These people were out there cheering us on, and we have to remember that. I mean, that's what's gonna, uh, you know. Uh, I'm just afraid that the, uh, the Taliban or something is going to really be really be bad uh, of them. What what they just what they did? They took over Afghanistan for 20 years. What about if I had a son or a daughter that was killed over there? How would I feel now? Yeah. That we just up and left. What 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 was the sacrifice? What did my kids do over there? For what? You know. I mean, that's uh, I deal with a lot of veterans over here in organizations and uh, a lot of Afghan and Iraqi veterans that come back. I can't I can't even imagine what they must think now, you know, Uh, and they come back with PTSD. They come back all. And I don't have to tell you the suicide rate is just oh, my God, I, I. you know, I'm on this social media at night with Chris uh, called TikTok, a TikTok, TikTok. I call it TikTok, right. but 
I get calls. Uh, we, we hear from these young firefighters that have PTSD. And I message them on the side and tell, I ask them to call me. And I've spoken to a few of them. And uh, I guess my message to them is there's help out there. You know, don't do, don't do anything rational. Call me. I might not have the answers for you, but all these departments now have HR. They have HR departments. They have uh, help for you. So uh, even if, if, let's say you have a call today and there's a drowning and you, and you lose a child and you go back to the firehouse, you take your gear off and then you go home, you know, talk to somebody. A lot of these departments have these teams that come in that will talk to you about what you just saw. Dispatches too, especially dispatches. You know, they're, uh, you know, and the PD and the cops and, and uh, you know, it's a different, life is so different now, you know, and we have to adapt to it and we have to uh, uh, do our best. And I tell them, uh, you know, keep your head in there and talk to somebody. Don't. Don't do anything drastic. Uh, this is not the 1940s. This is 2021. And uh, a lot of your departments have mental health for you to uh, help you out there. I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but... Uh, no, you're not. You're fine. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know now being a... How, being a police officer, I mean, they're resigning from these cities... They're cutting back. They want to cut back funding for the cops. I mean, it's, it's unheard of, Marcus, unheard of. You know, what is, uh, you know, but meanwhile, all these politicians have their own private security. I mean, what's going on? That's, you know, that's crazy. Well, it's everyone's just, finding, everyone's seeing what's going on. Yeah, it's being exposed. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we don't even have to get on and say anything. It's on, it's like you can sit there and watch it. I mean, on, going down on, on video, live. They're they're collapsing themselves. Yeah, the evil will always be exposed in the end. Yeah, it's coming it back around, right and all it all it takes is one shift like that. It's already happened, actually. So is is when people are kind of like painted, because we talked about this yesterday. There's a difference between looking at something, seeing something, and watching it. Mm. And yes. when when our focus is shifted to something else, and we can still see it in our gaze, but that doesn't mean that we're you know watching it and looking at it. Well, now we are. I was like, everybody yeah. shift their focus right back around onto the leadership. When we were dealing yeah. with stuff and that was still, until it, that was, this was the one thing that got everyone's attention. Yeah, and where are they? What are yeah. they doing? And then this is when you get to, when you see the point now when all them people who bark like they've been doing on TV when it, when it, when the rubber meets the road when it gets hard they're not there. No, they they're the ones that that roll out. So yeah. I, you know it's it. If you didn't know that, then you weren't you're not they, people weren't really paying attention in life. But that's how people are. Those people who bark, talk about ugly things, talk down to people and stuff like that, as soon as they get smacked across the face, man, they're out of there. And they're not saying nothing. No. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's just life. Life is its own yeah. thing. It's designed to do that to you, especially if, if you're not acting right. I can't even begin to explain right. the similarities between the leaders, the, the, like the politicians are in right now. They're the ones that came in during, after Vietnam. They've been in it this whole time. Yeah. They're they're there's they started and ended with the same thing, that helicopter coming in and out of there. Oh boy. Yes. I mean I just yes. you can't and that, I didn't make that up. I'm not trying to pick on anybody or talk smack. That's how it is. Yeah. I mean and Marcus's dad fought in Vietnam and then Marcus fought in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, and it's like it it really is history just repeating itself. It's 
Yeah, no, yeah. we know what we're looking at. We didn't die, and, and we can see it. Now that's, it used to be we get separated in the intelligence or the, the media wasn't out there, man, but now it's like everyone's the media. They're telling you what's going on. You don't have to go to one channel and just tune in. And it, when, when you see it coming back around and you see it repeating itself, enough of us are watching it to where we can shift it now. We'll change it. It can't creep up yes. on us, right? Yes. Well, thank you for sharing yeah, your story. Yeah, I'm um, listening to you all day. I, I, I thoroughly think that, that y'all should write a book. I think all the firefighters, there should be a, like a captain's log where civilians can just <laughs> log in and read. Now, I understand the point that the whole reason you get the stories is because you went through the stuff to get them, right? You have to earn that right to hear them every day. So I know that book will never exist. It's the same thing like the SEALs. You just won't, it's, our, it's our right to understand those stories because we're the ones that live in that hell. And uh, you know That's what I mean? Tough. Absolutely. So thank you for everything that you've done. I, I, I seriously, from the bottom of my heart, my, uh, the firefighters, especially up in New York city, just everywhere, man, you guys. Yeah. And girls, excuse me. Y'all, y'all are something. We have a lot of respect for all of y'all. Um, how can we support you and our listeners support you and find your book? Well, you can get it on Amazon and I think Barnes and Noble has it also. And, uh, it's, it, it started with a helmet. And uh, again, we, we were on this, uh, this crazy thing at night, this uh, TikTok. Here I am, 83 years old. And, and my lady says, you know, we're the oldest two people on TikTok. It's all, it's all for the young, young people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's amazing. Each night we're on from seven to eight. And uh, I get, I get, we get responses from all over the world, Marcus. I would never have thought that this medium would include... For instance, uh, the week before last, a young man, he said, uh, I'm a seaman in uh, His Majesty's Navy. Uh, I'm on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And I almost fell off the chair. <laughs> and he said, I mean, he said to me, uh, there's 150 sailors sitting in a, uh, an area on the ship with a huge television screen. And we're, we're listening to you for guidance. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know, so it's, uh, I talk to them in Antarctica, Africa, the UK, all over the world. And uh, I've advised, like I said before, I've advised some of them about PTSD, about getting help and all. But it's just an amazing phenomenon, this TikTok. And uh, we, 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 I, I ask your, your, your listeners to tune in at night. Uh, we talk about the fire department and where I worked and uh, different stories. Not, not too many stories, but uh, just try to, uh, you know, I, what the thing I, I point out is we have to be nice to each other. You know, my mother taught me growing up, Gerald, it doesn't cost anything to be nice to people. And every night I try to, I say that. And uh, because sometimes out there, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, society's changed. I hope it's that, that the pendulum is going back. But uh, those are just some of the things where they I would I would like them to reach out to us on TikTok or get the book. And uh, it's just a small novel that about me bringing the fire helmet back to the South Bronx uh, uh, 20 years ago. So. Uh, I guess that's that's the importance of uh, of us, of our friendship. I mean, I I didn't know of you guys, but uh, I'm honored to that you uh, 
allowed us to come into your, oh. your living room. You know, Mr. Sanford, we got uh, a file on you, sir. We got you all covered <laughs> down on you part of this and never, ever ages rank. It has nothing yeah. to do with how much fun you have. So that silver you have and goes with that back you got. And when it comes to it, it's like you. how much silver, how much back, you got both. So when, when you come on there and, you, and people look to you for wisdom, that's what that means. So they're going to, we shut up when you open your mouth and you start talking. Now, I, that's, a, that's a true statement. And I tell you Thank what, you. I, 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 I want to try, later I want to try and make an arrangement with you because next time I'm in New York, I'm going to try and take that helmet out of there and bring it back to you just so they have to come back down and well, like set up some kind of routine where we can go in there and try and snatch that thing and bring it back down to you so they have to come down and visit. Yeah. You're spoken like a true fireman. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> well, Mark, I don't know if you know Marcus's backstory, but he was a Navy SEAL and um, his specialty is going in and sneaking things out yeah, of that's... places. <laughs> so he could definitely do that. I'll, I'll just, leave a, I'll just leave, leave a placard with your name on it, my name on it, and that's just giving a thumbs up so <laughs> oh marcus god bless you both and your whole crew there thank oh. you all. yes sir take thank care you. have a wonderful day thank you so much you too my pleasure bye hey thanks so much jerry for being on the show today if you guys like what you heard make sure to share it with a friend this month is super special it's 9 11 it's 20 year anniversary and so we are trying our best to feature people that have incredible 9 11 stories and Jerry's story was incredible. Make sure you check him out. TikTok.com slash at It Started With The Helmet. Facebook, It Started With The Helmet. Instagram, It Started With The Helmet. And make sure you check out that book. Again, I've said it a few times now, but it's It Started With A Helmet. It's an incredible book, an incredible story. Make sure you guys check that out. Follow us on social media, teamneverquit.com slash social. We will see you guys next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.